Praise the Lord. Can we do that right now? Come on. Come on. Can you do that right where you're sitting this morning, right where you're at? Can you just declare that Jesus is Lord? Can you do that right where you are? Come on, say that with me. Jesus is Lord. If you're watching us online, let's do that again. Jesus is Lord. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Come on, let's worship the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. Happy Easter, everybody. Thank you and thank you. Uh, That's all right. I'm fishing here. I'm fishing. I need compliment. Just kidding. I need something. Uh, that's all good. Hey, I'm glad you guys are here on this uh, early service. And for you watching online, thank you for joining us. Give yourself a pat on the back. Do you guys realize that in America, the most popular service for multi-service churches, do you know which one it is? This one, the earliest service. So good job, guys. You are in the popular group. Yeah, right? Some of you have been like, I've never been in the popular group. Well, you are now, okay? So if you give me a minute, I'm going to, there's a big time glare we notice on these, with these guitars. Sorry for some of you guys sitting in the back row. We'll, uh, is that better? I see some sunglasses. That's all right. Hey, yes, there's more than three people going to the women's Bible study tomorrow night, ladies, okay? Uh, And I know Jonathan's like, this is our Bible study. Are you going to the women's Bible study? All right. No, I love our, our student pastor, Jonathan. And, uh, but that starts tomorrow night, ladies. So, so come on out. It's still time to come. Uh, ladies are being discipled, and it's just great. It's good stuff. Men? All right. Men? All right. Our, our Better Man Bible study ended yesterday. So I've talked to uh, Joe Quintanilla, and we're going to Get our men's Saturday breakfast going back again. And also, real soon, we're going to start scheduling what I'm going to be calling bonfires. Bonfires for guys. Uh, I just want to light that with you a little bit. Light that fire in you just to give you a little teaser. More on that is coming out. or We'll be coming back out to you guys a little bit later what that is. But, um, yeah, so uh, a lot's going on. I'm glad you guys are here. If this is your first time with us uh, we want to welcome you to Oso Creek Church. All you Creekers that are with us this morning, welcome you guys to, to church this morning. And uh, you can see if, if you're a guest with us, please pardon our mess. We are growing. We are expanding. We are adding space. We're adding a, a special needs ministry over here in this room and classes and nurseries and cry room. We're going to build a, a student ministry, a student building out here and, and that kind of stuff. We're calling this Growing um, towards our future. It's a project. And I did want to give an update this morning. Uh, we wanted to raise about 10% of what the cost was for this. And uh, that's about $25,000. We started the hard fundraising campaign on March 5th. And so this, so far up to this point, approximately we have raised 10147 That's about, you know, uh, what is that? About 41% of our project goal, again, what we're saying is if we could have the equivalent of uh, 100 families, the equivalent, that could give $250 and we could spread that over a six-month period, 50 bucks a month or whatever you want to do, we would reach our goal. And so, so far, we are at about 49.60 people or families out of the 100. We're almost halfway there and we just started. So we praise the Lord. I just want to thank you guys for, for your giving. Many of you have already started uh, investing into this project, and, you know, we just want to keep that going. 
because uh, this is God's work, and we're very, very excited about it. Yes? yes? Amen? All right. So if you've got a Bible or a Bible app this morning, let's get to the Word. I go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in the New Testament. Now, also, at the end of the service, yeah, there we were able to acquire all the way from Israel the empty tomb so that you could take a selfie in front of it, all right? And if you go out in the lobby or the narthex and turn right, you'll see it. It's back in where our future coffee area is going to be. If you'd like to take an Easter selfie with your family, um, my brother Lewis has already done that this morning. He's standing at the empty tomb, and, and it's awesome. That's available, all right? We've had quite a bit of rain this week, haven't we? This reminds me from where we moved a year ago at Cincinnati, Indiana. This is a lot. I've been saying this a lot. This is kind of like our spring. There's been so many Easter's where it's rained, and I was thinking of one very fond Easter memory. Uh, I remember my dad's church, man, I had just gotten this brand new suit as a young kid. Anybody, any boy or girl, you get a wonderful new dress or suit, and you just loved it. Well, man, we're about to do this massive egg hunt at the end of the service, and all the kids were lined up in this... uh, on this sidewalk, and we're ready to go, and somebody, I don't know who it was, somebody gave the countdown, ready, set, or one, two, three, I don't know, whatever they said, and the anticipation was waiting, said, go, and it had just rained like crazy, like it's been doing here all week. This has reminded me of growing up at home, okay? And there was rain and water and puddles everywhere, much kind of like we've seen all week long. And when somebody said, go, dude, young Gregory, he took off for a leap. He's going to get the eggs. And, dude, there was a, a hole of water right there. And I went straight down into it. I got up crying because my suit, brand new suit, little kid. I think, anybody ever shop at Value City growing up? Anybody get clothes? Does that even out here in West Texas? I don't know. It is up in Indiana or South Texas. Anyway, I get up and I'm crying. And all of a sudden, I look up at my dad, who's the pastor, and he said, Get out there and get those eggs, Gregory. <laughs> and I took off and ran. So, anyway, that's, there's no eternal value in that story. Just this has reminded me of home, all this rain and stuff like that. But it's nice to have the sun out today, right? All right, let's read the Apostle Paul's words. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I'm so glad you guys are here, man. It's awesome. The Apostle Paul writes, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you're being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. He just, lists, he just mentions the men there, but there's a lot of women as well. And then he says, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. They've, they've died. They've passed on. Verse 7, the Apostle Paul writes, Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared, I'm going to say appeared. He appeared also to me. So what is the Apostle Paul writing about here? Verse 1, he's talking about the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. He's talking about the good news for all mankind. Gospel equals good news. He is recounting the gospel story for those people that were living in the Greek city of Corinth. He's saying, look, Christ died for our sins and he was raised on the third day. Now, me and Shane Fox were praying in, in the office earlier before the service. He's one of our elders. And as he is praying, he's like, Lord Jesus, today as we celebrate the resurrection, it is the foundation of our faith. And that's so true. And then he went on to say, it's what sep- this is what separates us from everyone else. And that's so true. All of the other false Worldly religions, all of those belief systems that are out there, Dianetics, uh, New Ageism, uh, moral relativity, all kinds of things. And we can just keep on going and on, going and going and going and going. What separates us from all of them is because we follow somebody who went to the cross in our place, who was put into a tomb for three days, and on the third day, man, he burst out and he's alive. And he's alive. Amen? Amen. That's what separates us from everyone else. And it's the foundation of our faith. And the Apostle Paul's talking about the resurrection here in these verses. Because there were some people here in Corinth, in this city, who were declaring that there was no resurrection from the dead, even for believers. And the Apostle Paul was setting them straight and defending the doctrine of the resurrection. He was using the resurrection of Christ as proof that we also, believers in Christ, disciples and followers of Jesus, we are going to be raised with Christ as well. That's good news, guys. That means death is not the end for us, praise the Lord. Paul writes about this to the Corinthians a few verses down from our text in verses 51 through 53. It's not in your your creek notes, but listen, Paul continues. He says, behold, I'll tell you a mystery. We're not all going to sleep. Okay, we, we, we are all going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. All that's going to happen because Christ rose from the dead on that third day. And because Christ rose from the dead, guess what? We also are gonna rise from the dead, hallelujah. I like that. That's really, really good news for all of us this morning. You know, I came across a story. There's a story about a a man named Brian Kelly from Detroit, not the the former coach of Notre Dame Irish football, which I'm a huge fan of. Okay, this this is a different joker, all right? But it's back in 1994, July 1994, This guy was suffering from severe complications from a surgery, and he knew that his time on this life was very short. He would be dying very, very soon. So this guy, he worked at a professional fireworks shop in Michigan, and he instructed his family to have his ashes rolled up in a 12-inch round fireworks shell upon his death and then to shoot it once he died. Woo-hoo! Sounds like fun, right? You know what I'm saying? So what did the family do? They shot this firework up into the sky and it exploded into red and green stars. Maybe the kids were like, Daddy, husband. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You have to admit, that's going out in a glorious, spectacular display, right? 
Guys, listen, that is nothing compared to the glory that God intends for the bodies of those who believe in his son, Jesus Christ. What we just read from the Apostle Paul, our new resurrected bodies are going to shine with the glory of Christ that will blow away the the four-second arc of light and color from from any type of firework. And and instead of a cannon shooting off the firework, there's going to be an incredible blast of the trumpet of God and the victorious voice of Jesus himself calling our bodies from the grave. And then we're going to ascend into the clouds in the sky. And there we're, we're going to meet the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You can read it. That's what I'm talking about. That's the power of the resurrection. Praise the Lord. And in our, in our text, 1 Corinthians 15, the apostle Paul, he, he's, he's telling the greatest story that this world has ever seen. He's giving the greatest hope that this world has ever been given. It's the gospel message of the cross and the resurrection, of the cross and the resurrection. We cannot preach about it enough. We cannot talk about it enough. We cannot celebrate the cross and the resurrection enough, amen? The cross is the payment for our sins. We talked about that last week, okay? And the empty tomb is the receipt showing that the Son of God made that payment for our sins and that payment was perfect, praise the Lord. It's the greatest receipt you'll ever get. And a lot of times we don't like receipts, you know, because it shows that we paid for something, but man, this receipt, Christ paid the bill that should have been ours, praise the Lord. S. Lewis Johnson wrote that the resurrection is God's amen to Christ's statement on the cross. It is finished. There's a famous hymn by Robert Lowry, Christ Arose, it states, Death cannot keep his prey. Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Can we just worship Jesus again this morning? Praise the Lord. This is an eternal message. Christ is risen. He is alive. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Tell someone next to you. Say, he's alive. Well, I get a sip of my go-go juice this morning. Hope coffee. Praise the Lord. So if we go back to our text, 1 Corinthians 15, in the Apostle Paul's writing, Something I'm going to attempt to do, okay? You guys know I'm goofball, right? How many know I'm, I'm goofy? You guys are all like, oh boy, all right. Uh, I love a good magic show. Who's with me? Who are my people? Five of you? Three of you? Okay, that's all right. I love the show America's Got Talent, AGT, and The Magicians are like one of my favorite acts. And the question is, is it Matt Franco, Shin Lim, or Dustin Trevella? Shin Lim is the man, right? He won, and he won champions, and he's he's awesome. I love a good magic trick. I love magic shows, okay? And I I love, and I, I don't do it too much anymore, but I used to love doing magic tricks, all right? You know, and... 
Uh, I spent a lot of time in children's ministry, okay? And when I would work in kids' ministry, oftentimes I would use like magic tricks to help illustrate a Bible story. If you've been in kids' ministry and you've seen that, raise your hand. Let me see. Anybody? A few of you? Some of you? Okay. I used to have this like guillotine, okay, that like would cut a... Uh, crayon. I can't remember the spiritual implication of that, but it was, okay? I, I made a Bible story out of some type of a guillotine, all right? But anyway, that's okay. So, you know, I, I thought I would try to do this this morning with one of my all-time favorite tricks in the world that, that, that's there, okay? So we're, now you know me say, the pastor brought a deck of cards into church. Ooh, bad, all right? Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, come up here if you will, me. Okay, so listen, just humor me. Does that sound, sound okay? A lot of times when I do this trick with a lot of people, I would say, oh, you pick a card, any card, but some, for some reason, let's say Jonathan's our guy, and he picks this card, and it's, it's, it's J, but this is Jesus, okay, this is going to be Jesus, J of hearts, Jesus, he loves us all, how many know that? He loves us a lot, right? Okay, and so Jesus, what did he do, guys? What did he do for all of us? He died on the cross, okay? So what did they do when after he died, when he breathed his last breath, what did they do? Buried him in the tomb, Okay. Three days later, sun came up. The, the, the gospel narratives, and we'll talk about this in a minute, recorded that some people went and visited the tomb to see Jesus, and one was Mary Magdalene. She looked in, and, and, and she didn't see Jesus in the tomb, okay, right? So then Mary, the mother of Jesus, it shows, she peeked in, and she didn't see Jesus in the tomb, right? So then all of a sudden, there's a lady by the name of Salome, and, and not Salami, but Salome, okay? And she peeked in, and she didn't see Jesus in the tomb either. And then two of the disciples, John and, and Peter, ran to the tomb, and they looked in, and I, I'm trying to, I know there's a few of you guys over here too, right? They did not see Jesus in the tomb at all. They're like, where is Jesus? You guys still with me? All right. So then if they, if, if they were like me, I wouldn't be settled with just one look. I'd like, wait a minute, I want to check that again. And so they, they looked in there, and they did not see Jesus anywhere in their tomb. They're checking it out. I'm going to put all these things down here like this. I'll just do it like that. They didn't see Jesus, all right? So then all of a sudden, make a big fist for me, man. I'm going to hit these out of your hand, okay? All right, tight. All of a sudden, they look. And Jesus appears before them. Come on. Is that a boo? I thought I heard a boo over there. Oh, okay. It was a woo, not a boo. Thank you, guy. Everybody loves the appearance out of nowhere, right? Wasn't that cool? You guys don't understand how long it took me for the guy that used to do this all the time, it took me years for him to tell me how to do that trick. And it took me years to perfect it. Anyway, everybody loves when a card just appears. Woo, right? Some magician that comes out of, out of their back or I was tell, talking to somebody. And that was Caleb Harris. And he's like, or I think it was Caleb. Yeah, and it's like, we went to the place and all of a sudden, this guy came in with me and he's got a card in his pocket. I know the card wasn't there. We love that appearance. How that card just appeared, Right? Everybody loves the part in the magic show where the magician, he, you know, has this box and he slowly wiggles into the box and his assistant pulls up the curtain, you know what I'm saying? And then they, the music and the, is going and the lights are flashing and then she wiggles the curtain and then poof, like that and then she opens the box and the magician is gone. And all of a sudden the lights show up and they're flashing and, and then ta-da, he makes a new appearance somewhere else, maybe behind everybody or over here or 
he appears again away from the box, right? There is the magician in all of his or her glory, okay? And everybody loves the appearance. Everyone loves the appearance of the magician. That's the coolest part of the trick, okay? Now, how many of you know I love movies? The Prestige is an amazing movie if you've never seen it, all right? Speaking of magician, go watch it. It's awesome. But honestly... You know, I, I thought about this morning, I, you got that one, but I thought about trying to trick you guys in by running behind this hallway and going there and then appearing over there, but I was like, no, nah, we're not going to do that, all right? I want to talk about the great appearance this morning. The great appearance. That's what the Apostle Paul is also talking about in our text of 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 8. The appearances of Jesus after he suffered on the cross, when he was wrapped in linen cloths, when he was laid in a tomb. Listen, gang, that was no magician's trick. When, when he rose up from the grave, it wasn't a hoax. It wasn't a magical show. It wasn't a, you know, smoke and mirror or something. No, it was, it was real, gang. When Christ rose from the dead, it was real. Jesus was dead. People heard him say on the cross, it is finished. And they saw him expire and breathe his last breath. There were eyewitnesses to his death. And they recorded this very scene. You can read in the scriptures how, you know, to, to hasten the, the deaths, you know, the Roman soldiers, they would strike and break the legs of people hanging on the cross so that they would slumber down and they would die of suffocation. This was the Passover week. And so Jesus, being a Jewish rabbi, they had to get his body down off of the, the tree before sundown, off the cross. Otherwise, his body would be defiled. And so they got the Romans to try to hasten that. They broke the legs of the, the thieves, but the scriptures say when they came to Christ, he was already dead. And it was prophetic that they didn't have to break his bones. It, that fulfilled an Old Testament prophecy. The burial of Christ, once they brought him down off the tree and they put him in the tomb, the burial of Christ proves that Jesus really did die on the cross. I talked about this a little bit last year. The burial of Christ really proves that Jesus did die. And he died on the cross before he was taken down. So they took him down and immediately they, they, they prepared his body for burial and buried him because of the Passover uh, festival going on. And the burial shows that he did die because no one puts someone in the ground unless they're dead, right? I mentioned that last year, but then I was thinking about this again this year. I mean, there's a movie back in 1990 called Buried Alive with Tim Matheson and Jennifer Jason Lee. Anybody ever see that? Don't if you did, if you've not. Because it wrecked me. It's like a Dateline story. This, you know, it's a woman kills her husband and then puts him in the, the casket and then all of a sudden it comes to him and he's, Eyes open up and he's trying to get out. I'm like, oh, nude for, for a long, long time, man. I, I shudder to even think about the horror. I was afraid I'd be buried alive. You can ask Megan. Not good, not good. <laughs> but the truth is you don't have a funeral unless someone's dead. They didn't put Jesus in the tomb unless he had died. Jesus was physically dead, but he didn't stay dead for long. He physically rose three days later. Jesus is triumphantly he triumphantly and victoriously walked out of the tomb. Triumphantly and victoriously he walked out of the tomb. And then he made physical appearances to his followers. Get this. Physical appearances, okay? Not, not just a, a, you know, like a spirit ghost. No, physical appearances. Listen to some of these. There were the three women who were going to visit the tomb in Matthew 28, 9. 
Then Mary Magdalene, he appeared before her in Mark 16, 9, John 20 and 15. He personally appeared to the apostle Peter in uh, Luke 24, 34, and 1 Corinthians 15 and 5. That's what Paul mentions that there. He appeared to the two disciples walking to uh, the city of Emmaus in Luke 24, 31. He appeared to all of the disciples except Thomas in John 20 and Luke 24, 31, where he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and feet that it's I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And then it says, when he said this, he showed them his hands and he showed them his feet. All of those physical appearances that I just mentioned, they all happened on the day of the resurrection, on Easter, immediate appearances. Then eight days later, Jesus appeared again to all of the disciples, including Thomas in John 20, 26 through 28. Then at some point during this time, Jesus appeared to, the, to seven disciples while they were out on a boat in the Sea of Tiberias, John 21. He appeared to his half-brother James. Paul mentions this in 1 Corinthians 15, 7. Then he appears to the 11 disciples on a mountain in Galilee in Matthew 28, verses 16 and 17. And then finally, the apostle Paul recorded that Jesus appeared to over... Over 500 people at the same time. He mentions this in our text. And Paul mentions that many of those people were still alive while Paul is writing his letter. Many of these people that saw Jesus were still alive when, when Matthew wrote his gospel, when Mark wrote his gospel, and John, and Luke, when they were writing these New Testament gospels, and Luke, these people were still alive when they saw Jesus. It's like Paul was saying in in his letter in our text, like, you don't believe me? Ask anyone who was there and has seen him. They're still alive. Look, his believers believed and told about the resurrection because they saw Jesus alive. They saw him appear to them. And Jesus making these appearances proved to his disciples and followers that he was alive, that he said he would raise from the dead, and he did it. And so after that, early Christians would validate and prove that Jesus was resurrected by recounting and telling about all of the many appearances that Jesus made after walking out of the tomb. You see, the disciples and followers of Jesus, they became incredible eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. Very credible eyewitnesses. Now, if you're here this morning and you're a bit iffy on whether you believe if the resurrection of Christ really happened or not, what do you do with all these eyewitnesses? What do you do with all these eyewitnesses? I mean, if this were being, if the resurrection were being debated in a court of law, the credible testimony of all these witnesses would win the case, man. It would win the case. You can't escape eyewitness testimony. Any lawyer would love to have that many eyewitnesses that Paul puts in his text and what's occurred in the Bible for their case. That's why the early Christians and the disciples believed. That's why they proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus because they saw Jesus appear before them with their very own eyes. They, they would they touch Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They probably hugged him, gave him a high five. Maybe they wrestled with Jesus. I don't know. They believed in the resurrection. And no one person ever came out and turned and said, nope, it wasn't true. 
Not one person, not any of the disciples, not any of this over 500, not anybody else in early Christendom. No one ever recanted the truth or the validity of the resurrection when they were being, you know, facing being pushed over a building, building over 100 feet to die when possibly they were, you know, facing crucifixion like Peter being boiled alive in oil, when they're beheaded, when they're speared through, when they're skinned alive, when they're stoned and clubbed to death, when they're scoured and stabbed in the back, when they were flayed by, you know, by whips, they were flayed to death by whips. That's how you know, tradition shows that many of the apostles and early Christians died. They died as martyrs. All of this happened to the apostles. There were scores of early Christians, just read Fox's Book of Martyrs. That's what it's all about. Scores of Christians who, who died horrific deaths and they died all for Christ because they were proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus. They were proclaiming the cross and the resurrection. And no one person ever said it's not true. Oh, that, that, that vat of oil is for me? For me? <laughs> nope, it's not. It's okay. I made it up. I made it up. No, nobody did. They all died proclaiming the truth of the resurrection. Why? Because Jesus appeared before them. Jesus appeared before all of them. And gang, that's why we believe. Because the actions of Christ and the testimony of these eyewitnesses are all true. Like I said earlier, the, the resurrection wasn't a, a magician's trick or a hoax or a fairy tale. It's not a bedtime story that's been told over and over again that just sounds great with no truth to it. It's not a work of fiction that's been written down and made into a movie for the 21st century. It wasn't a magician's trick or hoax. It's real. It happened. It's true. And I can stand before you because I personally know it's true. You know why? Because Jesus has personally appeared to me and I've been forever changed. And you may say, whoa, Greg, whoa, whoa. you've seen Jesus physically? <laughs> no, I haven't, all right? But he's appeared to me through his word. He's appeared to me through his presence. And I have a spiritual experience with him. I have a wonderful, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you look at the, the, the Greek New Testament that the Apostle Paul was writing his letter in, that's the Greek language, and, and you look at that word appeared that, that Paul writes in our text, it has two connotations. It has two meanings in the Greek language. It's the Greek word optonomai. And it means to, to gaze with wide-eyed, you know, wide-open eyes at, at something remarkable. And, and it's a different tense. It's a different meaning for something that just means you give a, a passive or a casual. You know, it's something where you're like, whoa, that's awesome, okay? And get this. This Greek word has an objective meaning where it's referencing a, a person or a thing that's seen objective, and, and so all of the recorded eyewitnesses in the Bible that, that saw Jesus, that's that objective tense of the Greek word, okay? The apostles, Christ's followers, the, 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 the Christ who appeared to Paul, that's all in the objective meaning. They saw him standing right in front of them in person. But get this, the Greek word for appear also has a subjective meaning in the Greek language. Referencing an, an inward impression or a spiritual experience. 
appear has a, a subjective meaning referencing this spiritual experience that we can have with Christ. And so for all of us today, you all online this morning, Christ's appearance is subjective in meaning. It's inward. He, he breathes on us. We have his spirit. He fills us with the Holy Spirit. We have his presence. We have his word. It's a spiritual experience. He makes an inward impression on all of us. He appears and arrives in our lives, and everything changes, gang. Everything changes. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's how he appears to us today. Now, he can't appear in physical form, and people have testified of that. That's not the normative experience today. The normative way is he appears to us in his word, because the word is all about Christ. All of the Old Testament's about Christ. All of the New Testament is about Christ, and he appears to us in his word, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, do that personal relationship with him. So I ask you all, on this Easter Sunday morning in 2023, wow, has Christ, has the risen Christ personally appeared to you? Has he personally appeared to you? Has he appeared to you like he did with Mary in John 20, where you say in worship, like she did when she saw him, teacher. And then she ran and told everyone, I've just seen Jesus. Mary was the first evangelist of the resurrection. Has he appeared to you like he did with the two disciples walking down the road to the city of Emmaus in Luke 24 and 32, and where you say what they said to one another, man, didn't our hearts burn within us when he appeared to us? Has he appeared to you like, like he did the disciple Thomas who doubted that Christ had risen and said, unless I place my fingers in his hands and his feet and if I, unless I can put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe it. But then Jesus appeared before Thomas and in John 20, 28 records, as soon as Jesus appeared before him, he fell on his knees and he exclaimed, my Lord and my God, <laughs> Has Jesus appeared to you and you've fallen on your knees and you've proclaimed, my Lord and my God? Jake, if you want to come up, man. See, everything changes for those that Christ appeared to. This ragtag group of Galilean fishermen that stunk and were unrefined, unpolitical, they followed Jesus everywhere, being awed and amazed by him. But then they watched him die, and they went in hiding. They took off. They, they didn't want anybody to know. But then Jesus appeared before them. They saw the risen Lord. He filled them with his presence, and man, they began to change the world after Acts chapter 2, after seeing Jesus alive. The Apostle Paul, who wrote our text, he himself says he was a violent and an insolent man, threatening the church of God, hunting Christians down, murdering. Paul even said himself, I am the chief of all sinners. 
But when Christ appeared before him on the road to Damascus, everything changed. Everything changed. And Paul became the greatest missionary this world has ever seen. Everything changes for those who Christ appears to. Hearts are changed. Attitudes changed. Lives are changed. The trajectory of lives are changed. Our minds are changed. That's what 2 Corinthians 5.17 we just read is all about. All things become new. You're a new person when Christ appears to you personally. You can't help but to be changed when you see Jesus. So as I begin to close this down and as as that change occurred in your life, if so, then worship Jesus. If you've seen Jesus in his word and you have his presence living inside of you and your life has been changed, then worship him this morning. Think about how Christ has changed you. Think about how you used to be before you met Christ, before he appeared to you, and now what he's done for you, in you, and through you. Experience his presence anew. Praise him for what his appearance means to you on this Easter morning. Worship the risen Savior. Make a recommitment to him today. Renew your love for him today because he still loves you. And he wants an even deeper relationship with you. Man, Greg, I've gone pretty deep with the Lord and I've been serving him for 40 years. God, Jesus wants to go deeper even with you. Deeper. Let him breathe on you and fill you with his Holy Spirit this morning. On this Easter morning, 2023, realize what his appearance has done for you. And if that change has not occurred in your life, don't be left out. I love our text. After listening many of the appearances that Christ had made in his letter, I love how the Apostle Paul, at the very end of our text, verse 8, he says, he also appeared to me. It's like, he appeared to all these, but he also appeared to me. Paul wasn't going to be left out. It's like, he, he's, he's shown himself to everybody, all these people, and he also has appeared to me. Is that your attitude as well? I, I don't want to be left out. I don't want to be left out. The risen Lord, Jesus Christ, he's appeared to me too. Me too. Can you say that? Can you say that the risen Lord has appeared in your life? Have you had that spiritual experience with Christ that changes everything forever? I'm not talking about head knowledge. I'm not talking about just knowing about him. I'm talking about heart, what's called heart knowledge. Where the risen Lord Jesus Christ appears to your heart. He arrives in your heart and you know him deep inside We heard something at the, uh, at the end of our, our Bible study yesterday, The Better Men, and I love it. Listen, as a pastor, I don't have enough faith to get you into heaven. Your spouse doesn't have enough faith to get you into heaven. Your mom, your dad, students, or uh, uh, even grown adults don't have enough faith to get you into heaven Your grandparents don't. Students, your youth pastors don't have enough faith to get you into heaven. You have to have faith in Christ. Faith that he went to the cross for you. Faith that he rose from the dead for you. You have to personally believe and say yes. 
You look intently at the risen Christ with eyes wide open, looking at something remarkable. Don't give Christ just a passive, casual glance. No. He's appearing before all of us right now. Appearing before our hearts and souls. Look on Jesus. Run to Jesus like Peter and John. It's recorded in John 24. They ran to see the tomb. They heard the report, he's alive. I'm going to run to see Jesus. Run to see him this morning. Because he's everything you and I will ever need. We can search this world over looking for satisfaction. You, you can look in bars. You can look in clubs. You can look in busyness. You can look in successful uh, enterprise. You can try to find success and satisfaction in monetary things, in illicit relationships, in different lifestyles. Nothing will ever satisfy you like Jesus Christ. Lamentations 3.24 says, The Lord's my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. What are you waiting for? Don't be left out. Don't let another Easter go by without seeing Christ, maybe for the first time. Maybe you saw him once and you've looked away. Look up on him again. He's appearing before us. John 3.36 records, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him or her. Believe this morning. Believe this morning. See Jesus. He's here. He wants you to say yes to him. And if if you've been a follower of Christ, he wants you to say yes to him again. Hallelujah. Lord, we come before you this morning. I pray for every person that's here. I pray that, Lord, you would move in our hearts, move in our lives. Let people say yes to you, Jesus, I pray. As you appear before us, Lord, in your word and with your presence, Lord, let us leave this place saying, I've seen Jesus. I know him. I know him. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul writes that if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll be saved, Romans 10, 9. As we sing this last song, I encourage you to do that this morning. I encourage you to make a recommitment to Jesus this morning. If you're a disciple of his, man, proclaim your love to him this morning as we sing this last song. I'll be over here where this cross is. If you need prayer for anything, I'd love to pray with you and talk with you about following Christ. If you've never made him your Lord and Savior, please find me. It's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. And let's leave this place saying, Jesus is alive and I know him. Happy Easter. God bless. Pastor Jake.